This episode is brought to you by Lotus Entheogenic Church, now open in North Oakland by appointment, a safe community space that offers a ceremony, educational workshops, guest speakers, and the cleanest plant medicine in California. There is no membership fee to join, and it offers secure on-site parking. Come heal with us. Join at lotuschurch.com. Known for their award-winning infused rolling papers and glass tip joints since 2014, Lift Tickets has dedicated its efforts to becoming a brand that you can truly rely on for fresh, quality products in the recreational market. Consisting strictly of small-batch, modern indoor strains, Lift Tickets delivers fresh turps, white ash, and perfectly crafted products every time. Find them at dispensaries throughout California and at liftticketscannabis.com. All right, we are back for our latest episode of Smoking Bridges on Green State. And boy, do we have a Sacramento treat for you. Man, we got Michael from Symbiotic Genetics, uh, a very popular breeder over the last decade. You don't, We don't get to hear him a lot. So we're excited to get him here down to San Francisco. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. How about yourself? Excellent. So you're, you're a man that's been on, on tour, but over the past few years, you're a busy guy. In the, and, you know, you recently you're back in NorCal full time. Yep. From what I understand. Yep. All right. So that's obviously, you know, symbiotic was still rolling, but, uh, you know, you must be excited to, uh, you know, be back home, put, start, put your foot, foot it's, it must be a little easier to put your foot on the gas with things when you're back home. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a crazy couple years and I'm glad to be back in Sacramento with all the friends and family and got some cool things in the works. Um, you know, we're doing that collaboration with Green Dog, um, doing a flower line with them. Got a bunch of breeding lines in the works. Um, one that we're about to release is the Gassy Taffy with Grow Low Key. Um, so that line's gonna be really cool. And yeah, man, there's a lot of things yeah, in the heavy works. Fog, no, heavy Fog number four was one of my uh, my favorites in recent years. They re Grow Low Key really knows what they're doing for sure. So that's, that's a very exciting collab. I can't wait to see what comes out of that. Man. So, all right, obviously, uh, you know, let's, cl let's clear the air real quick. You know, uh, as a young, uh, cultivator coming up in the sack scene, you know, you, uh, in a cannabis family, uh, you, you know, uh, were at the warehouse and like, you kind of became intertwined as a personality with the warehouse. So a lot of people more like, like you would say the village people know exactly who I'm talking about, but my Michael from symbiotic genetics, like that's like something people that's a pill that not everyone swallowed yet. So now it's kind of, so hopefully that helps them wrap their heads around it. But let's kind of talk about, cause I love the story of how you gamed up. It's so like the, you know, it's, it's, I don't even want to spoil any of it. So why you know, let's tell us how, uh, tell folks how you kind of dipped your toes into the game in the first place and kind of, you know, ex, you know, you know, collected this knowledge that you use, you know, really make things happen in the middle, you know, middle two 2010s and you're a young dude like this is like it's crazy to me that we're talking about man this like these people were winning like contests with your genetics seven years ago and as i'm like looking across the table it's this like young face um but just like explain to us how you gamed up in sac definitely so um 2009 i uh i jumped into um my dad's dispensary uh which was known as south Sacra south sacramento care center and so I worked there for about a year and a half, bud tending, helping with purchasing and everything. And then we ended up getting a warehouse and I was like, okay, I'm done with retail. I wanna you know, work with the plant. So started off you know, just as a gr kind of grunt worker, just doing whatever I was asked. Um, and then eventually saw some 
stuff that I felt like I could improve. And so I kind of put my head down, started reading on, reading on, like roll it up, you know, all the forms. And, um, I actually lived there at the warehouse. And so I was <laughs> so able, that's the best part. Yeah. yeah so, um, it was cool. Um, but at the same time there was some downfalls of it, but the cool thing was I got to check the rooms whenever I wanted. Hey lady, you want to come back to check out the warehouse? <laughs> yeah, yeah could, couldn't do that. So it was, it was, you know, it was awkward. You know, only certain people could come by and stuff like that. But so you really put my head down and just uh, focus on the plant. Um, and Sack hadn't blown up like that. No, yet. like no. warehouses and Sack. Like now you say warehouse and Sack. It's yeah. like common, like verbiage. Yeah. But like what we're talking about back then, that no, was, it was, it was a very new wave thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a you know crazy moment, and um, you know it was it was really cool. And I think that was what helped me um, learn a lot was just being there as much as I was. What and year did What year did you start in the warehouse? 2010. Okay, there you go. Yeah. 2010. And then, um, so for, you know, the first couple of years, we went through the hardships, you know, dealing with everything you can think of, just learning how to cultivate on a bigger scale, even though it wasn't huge, it was still, you know, a lot bigger than we were used to. And it was a small team. Mm -hmm. And uh, so kind of just slowly took the lead with the cultivation and started just running it. And, um, you know, we kind of had a code word for the grow and it was called the village. And, you know, eventually we just kind of branded it because, you know, I was, you know, really seeking out like um, extraction artists because I started seeing like the Matt Rise roll up or rolled up uh, thread. And I was like, I want my stuff turned into ice wax. Ice wax. <laughs> yeah. And so... So, I, I mean, I was reaching out to a bunch of extraction artists. I talked to Nick, Nick T back in the day. I have an email from, like, I think 2010. And he's like, yeah, you know, we'll work together. And he was like, I'll fly out. And, here, you know, here's my rates. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> not quite there yet, you know. But, you know, I wish we could have made it happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, talk with Banff. But um, the first two collabs with the extraction was Full Flavor and Matt Rise. And um, so... Matt Rise would always tell me, or in the beginning, he would like tag my material, but it would be like private farmer because I wasn't wanting to brand myself yet just because of the legality of everything at that time. And so eventually I said, you know, fuck it. I'm gonna make an Instagram and start branding the village. Boom. My, my friend's brother, you know, shot us a logo and you know, it was kind of the rest is history, but uh, yeah, we started pushing it. Um, what year is the brand? Is like 2012 or something like that? Yeah, I think the Instagram was like actually 2013 or 14. Okay, okay. Um, so you're, I'll have to double. you're already deep, elbow deep in yep. it. And you'd already have, at that point when you start branding the village, have you done any breeding at all? No breeding. Okay. So no breeding like, at all. You're just in the process of like turning the, like wanting to make a thing out of what you're putting Yeah, because I mean, we were vending a lot in like the San Jose area. We had our connections, so. Um, it was cool to kind of start saying, hey, this is our brand, you know, and uh, we had our staple strains. I think, you know, Cherry AK-47 was our go-to for like three. Sacramento's yeah. go-to. That yeah. was like the sack weed. Yeah. I mean, to this day, it's some of the I stinkiest smell, weed, you yo, know. for real. I smell it because, you know, back then it smelled, you know, that was like the smell. Like Cherry AK was the sack. Before sack blew up, Cherry AK was, and like 
uh, Island Sweet Skunk yep. were the two most identifiable sax strings yep. of, of that era. And so when I saw the Khalifa Kush for the first time, I was like, oh man, this smells like sack weed. <laughs> That's why Burner gave it to Wiz. Nobody in the Bay wanted to smoke stuff that smelled like it was from sack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like Cherry AK doesn't do well or didn't do well in like LA. It was more like a NorCal thing. Um, tested, you know, decently high back then with the standards. I know, pro I don't know how to test now with the labs. But yeah, so I mean, I really uh, leaned into the extraction world just because that was something I wanted to see my flowers and turn you saw, into. You were in on solving this early. Like, oh yeah. yeah I mean, were... before rosin, you know, we were making the juice roll-ups, taking L's all the time when the stuff wouldn't melt. I mean, my first <laughs> my first washes was like Cherry AK and Jackpot, which is a J1 Super Silver Haze, like the worst strains ever. Took a huge L on it. And, um, <laughs> but it was, I kept trying, you know, and uh, my pops was always kind of like, mad because we were getting you know i could have sold that song yeah exactly you know but <laughs> I, I said hey you know this is the future business <laughs> yeah no totally but i knew it's the future was just extraction and stuff like that you know and then i linked up with like evolution extracts which was he was doing like the max d wax you know, bho um i mean i kind of like leaned into like i said as many people blue river southern humble concentrates um, critical. I mean, I can go on yeah, for a while. Yeah, the people that, that I 2016 collab. strawberry banana. That yeah. is what I define as like oh, my Obama terps. Yeah, like that. <laughs> totally. And so, like, um, so I, I. And then there's like ET extracts, and ET extracts was kind of the the bridge point with me and Budologist meeting because. Yeah, that was of course going to come up. So yeah, yep. that hits here. So yeah. around that time, I think it was 2015 or so, we met up through ET extracts because. I was in the um, the end of the CBD drought kind of phase mm -hmm. where I was growing ACDC like in my indoor spot, you know, dedicating, getting a half pound per light. And um, but I wanted I wanted <laughs> imagine, to push it. Imagine yeah. <laughs> I wanted to push CBD because I had a lot of friends with Crohn's yeah. um, that were doing so well with but that, it. But that was like the 21 to one, like ACDC cut. It wasn't yeah. like it was like like the reason you would grow that yield is because it was such a special yield. Yeah. Like the, the actual cannabinoid profile of that was so special. Yeah. I mean, at one point it tested at like 24, I think, percent yeah, that CBD. Was like high, that was like the highest I heard for ACDC. And it was the ratio was the, 44 to one. The highest I ever heard was like 27 percent or some like blue Mountain, blue, blueberry mountain OG, something from up yeah. on the hill, whatever. Yeah. yeah, but I remember Steep Hill. I was like, hey, what's the ratio on this, you know, testing? Because it was like point, I think six THC, and it was like a 44 to one on that specific batch. We ended up um, selling it to Elemental. They bought it for high ticket because I told them, hey, I only have got a half pound yeah, of light. So what back in the day, what is what what is high like top what is top I, shelf C V D indoor going for back then, dog? I mean, believe it or not, I got four thousand a pound for it. <laughs> But they only paid once because right, it just remember remember that number four thousand because that is going to come up again later in our conversation. But go ahead, go yeah. ahead. I mean, it's my highest ticket on I think flour, THC, or CBD. But you know, they they knew the the struggle with it and they knew the medicine because no one was producing CBD flour at that point because no one wanted to because the market wasn't there and they just they didn't see the value in it. And so I did it. Um, we got that, but then after that, they're like, yeah, it just didn't move well. So we ended up stopped growing it and I just grew it for friends or um, extraction. Then I got, um, or linked up with ET Extracts who was working with Budologist at the time with his, you know, outdoor and indoors um, stuff. And 
he had a Pennywise cut from Geek Mike up in Oregon. And so you're collecting gear for a bit at this point. Oh, I'm yeah, right? I'm so going. You've already been in a few years in, like trying to get dope cuts, blah blah yep. blah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to parking lots, meeting people I've never met. You know, kind of like to think about it now. I'm like, that's God, a little God sketchy. Hopley, like five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, funny story with that. Uh, <laughs> real quick. Um, I got uh, Hop Layton right when it was popping up through the Dark Heart scene, but I didn't. I don't know if I got it from them, but my Cherry AK got really affected to a point where I'd run it and a third of my plants would dud out, and we called it dudding back yeah, yeah, then. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Still I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was just ripping them out as I saw them, and then got a good enough eye where I could see it in veg, and basically I would just you know kill everything I saw that had it. And eventually I actually selectively pushed it out of my grow and I would see it maybe 5%. So it's probably still in the plant. Obviously now we know that it stays dormant, um, yeah, but crazy. I was able hiding like expressions, hiding from tests and stuff like that. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. And psycho. Yeah. So was able to get it out and never had, you know, that big of an issue every once in a while to have, you know, a random dud. Um, but yeah, funny story about that. Uh, but so back to the yep. vidologist thing. So we, we linked up because I wanted that Pennywise cut. It was a two to one cut. It was like um, lemon, like Tootsie Roll kind of terps, like really unique. Um, so got the cut, me and Vince, um, you know, linked up, we traded some other cuts and then we just kind of became, you know, uh, friends. And he kind of threw out this idea of him wanting to, you know, do a breeding uh, collaboration and I had the space. And so we kind of, he popped some seeds of cookies and cream and found a male. And then we hit it to um, the form cookies and animal cookies. And that was our first pollination under symbiotic genetics. We never released it because the, 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 um, the offsprings were unstable. Really, really amazing stuff, but too unstable for us to feel we'll confident to, to release. We'll you know? get to the stability yes. of the modern sea yeah, market I, later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably could have released it, but we decided, you know, let's let's not. And so, at that point too, he had the purple punch cut from Supernova Gardens. How did he get it? Um, so Supernova Gardens, I think they were just, you know, pen pals online. He, Love that pen yeah, pal cuts. <laughs> he came to California thinking, oh, I'm going to get all these California genetics, not knowing how special of a cut he had at the time. And so, um, him and Vince traded some cuts. And he also got seeds from the original um, line of Purple Punch. And so um, after that, Cookies and Cream male um, line, Vince reached out to Supernova and was like, hey, what do you think about us, you know, breeding uh, with the Purple Punch? And, you know, we'll find our male through those seeds and then cross it back to the punch, you know, and release punch in seed form. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah, that was what we were trying to do. Um, and so he was like all good with it. So we did it, you know, and we, uh, you know, went through that whole process. Do you think Purple Punch is, so one of the things though, I always say, I think Purple Punch's curse is that people bought those packs and kept selections that weren't to the quality of like the original to put on the map, like the cut you had and stuff like that. So I feel like sometimes like people just wanting to keep a, a cut of punch from their pack, like made the pack, like the, the people that never saw the mountaintop, they only saw those purple punch selections. You see how those people, you see how people now talk shit about purple punch, like, oh, oh, oh but like yeah. they never even, they didn't see the cut that won Chalice. They yeah. didn't, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, so we basically found, cause we only had like, I think 
five seeds from the original punchline. And so we popped them, found a male that we liked, crossed it to the punch. And then from those seeds, we selected a male out of 50 that resembled the punch um, as much as possible. And, and that's what you made mimosa with? Yeah, so then that male was the Purple Punch F2, and then we crossed that to Clementine and you know all the others, Cherry AK, to create you know Mimosa. Um, but you know, obviously, Purple Punch has you know bad rep. But um, and I agree, you know, it's it, it was it's, a selection problem. It wasn't yeah. the, it wasn't the plant's fault. It yeah, was just I mean, people wanted to keep a, keep one, you know. Yeah, and back then, you know, people were obsessed with bag appeal, and um, so it was something. And we that, weren't. And also, it was a time. It was just still talking about like twenty. You know, four, when was your first, when did you do the first drop of it? First seed drop oof, of it. Um, Probably 2015 or okay, so probably 15, 16. All right, so 2016, no one's talking about pheno. No, you don't really hear people talking about pheno hunts in the hundreds and thousands. Oh, right? I mean, it's just not a thing yet. Back, you know back then, people wouldn't pheno hunt. I mean, even I didn't. I remember, rest in peace, uh, TGA, but yeah. Subcool, I remember going up to him and be like, oh, I want some cuts, like, because he had a Pennywise cut too. I think I reached out to him before I uh, met up with Vince, and I was like, he's like, oh, just buy some seeds and find your own. I was like, oh, I don't have the time and space for that. And he, like, yelled at me he's like bullshit like 56 days until you know um they're sexed blah blah and like <laughs> basically yelled but it put a fire underneath me and so you know six months later i was buying seeds you know i bought tangy i, I was obsessed with orange back um back then but i uh bought tangy seeds and i remember showing matt rise um and i was like oh i'm gonna try to find a melty pheno and he like looks at me like yeah right you know like you're, you're picking the wrong genetics like and then, you know, I ended up finding a melting uh, tangy pheno that's just amazing. Um, and so, yeah. Still got it? Yep. Um, <laughs> and that's what made Orange Aid. So, is that, was that a fair? So, okay, here's a fair question. So, your symbiotic has been known for a lot of hashy strains over the years. Do a lot of them trace back to that tangy? Nope. So, the, uh, the Orange Aid, I wouldn't say okay. it's kind of the black sheep in, okay. because Mimosa just overtook it. And because the tangy doesn't grow as nice as the craft time. Grew it. Yeah. yeah that was they did a bomb yep. that was probably the nicest version i ever saw was from them yeah i mean you see it for sure and there's some amazing phenos but mimosa just mimosa throws out more keepers um and it's because that clementine cut that i selected um is just amazing it's so vigorous i mean I, we're talking three pounds of light on you know back then you know when it was crazy but it grows really nice and so i think that's uh why people find so many good phenos because it's just both parents are just really stable um, and they just throw down. And, uh, but yeah, so there's, uh, and then, so what happened after how, okay, that? How long was, <laughs> let me ask you this. Well, how long was the time frame between when you guys made Mimosa and when it won Chalice? Probably a year and a half or so because right when we made them, um, we kept them in house or not totally in house, but really tight. Was circle. it 26 your Fino or did the Jungle Boys select? No, that's Jungle Boys Fino okay. um, because they were one of the first to test them. We only gave it out to less than, I'd say, less than 10, maybe even less than five people that we just kind of gave certain Finos out, or strains out. And Jungle Boys did a bunch of them. Um, and they put, you know, a lot of, uh, effort into it. They did a lot of marketing with it without us asking. They did, you know, um, time-lapse of the seeds popping. They did photos of all the phenos when they were finished. I actually still have the Dropbox of all the different, uh, phenos they had, and then they won Chalice. And that was all before the release. So when we released it and we only released it at SSCC in Sacramento, 
in TLC in LA and it was crazy. We had people lining up at like four in the morning. How many packs of mimosa actually went into the wild? Uh, I think less than 200. Damn. I think less than 200, like between both, I mean, it's like 200 at each spot. Okay, so 400 because, all together yeah, ever, ever. Yeah. Um, no, we remade them okay, okay. for sure, but that first but drop that original, was super that original limited. batch, like the like yeah. the famous one, like has yeah. was basically four hundred batches. Yeah, we basically had to turn away people that were in line because we're like, hey, it's sold out, you know, like because we only limited, I think it was like two packs per person. Vicious. And um, and so we actually got a lot of hate after that because we had so much um, marketing uh, with it that when it got released, all these people from out of state were pissed off that they couldn't get it and like we got a lot of hate and so we kind of were like damn that sucks you know but it is what it is you know jungle boys did us right with testing and did all these photos and everything they won the cup and then obviously sscc was home to me and um there was people actually uh saw like an opportunity and they actually started doing auctions online with our seeds. And so the seeds were going for, I think 150 or 200 and people were auctioning them for 1500. And so at that point we're like, oh crap, you know, that's not cool because you know, all these people are paying super high dollar for something that we don't, cause we didn't, we, you know, me and Vince didn't want to charge the $500 per pack, you know, like some of these other brands were doing. We would rather do volume in the sense of like, we want to get these seeds out to people and not be, you know, price gouging. And so um, at that point, we ended up having to work with seed banks and, you know, get it out to a bigger broad of people. Um, and at that point, you know, it, we did those re-releases and they did really well. Could you have ever imagined like how fast the rocket would take off? Like, and just kind of, you know, still flow, you know, kind of still, you know, those, those genetics are timeless, you know, still commercially viable. Uh, it must be nice. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, yeah, so, I mean, then after that, you know, Purple Punch went through its like hate period. Were the auctions, were the auctions the moment you knew things had like gone to a new level? Was how, how like, you know, like, you're obviously doing well, you're moving the packs, but when you see that, it must be It like was that, and then Ivan's text to me. And um, cool. Ivan's text to me was, you know, he texted me right when he was like probably harvesting or drying them. And he said um, something in the nature of like, you know, I've popped thousands of seeds and these are some of the best seeds I've ever grown. And that to me, because at that point I really looked up to Ivan and Wi-Fi, dude found Wi-Fi. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so when he texted me that, I was like, "Wow, like something is, you know, um, we did something good with this line." Um, and then everything else just kind of started happening um, to a point where, yeah, we were just kind of blown away. Um, and then really quickly, Symbiotic got way bigger than the Village, um, and it was something that we were kind of doing on the side, you know, cause I was focusing on the cultivation, yeah. but all just had his outdoor. And that's when the confusion started, right? Cause people, then people started thinking, oh, the village is half of symbiotic because you at that point, like are identifying as like the grow yeah. and you are one and the same at that point. And then budologist. So it's like that's, and then it's like, so the village and budologist are symbiotic. It was yeah. like, you know, the way, so it was just a whole fascinating thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was, it was cool. I'm really glad it happened like that. Um, I couldn't have done it without Vince and Vince couldn't have done it without me so and the name just kind of fits perfect with it all um and yeah i mean like as i said too it's like you know punch got started getting the hate and you know it it sucked you know i don't think it like hurt us but you know i just would always tell people like we're using punch selectively with breeding you know we don't want 
you know, the dry kind of like terps. I mean, it's got really nice terps um, living, but once it dries, kind of gets yeah. dusty to me. Um, but it's really quick to flower. Um, it's really uh, vigorous when it comes to growing. It's not like a GDP, even though it's got what GDP. Your, uh, uh, besides uh, the mimosa, what was your next favorite of, of that next of that next generation? Because I know mine. Banana punch. Okay, fair. I, I, that cherry was special, though. Yeah, just... cherry was cool, and that was another one that was, it's kind of like a black sheep, but people that, that one yields like crazy. It came in third at the Emerald Cup. Yeah, no, p- yeah. It, yeah, that one's really cool. Um, I think I grew so much cherry ak i kind of hate yeah that made it, it harder. was yeah it was harder and i um every time i hunted it i couldn't find the what i imagined you know sometimes things just don't mix yeah. the way you think and then and then you see like the craft you know you see somebody else's yeah, you know you're exactly, like where's mine exactly. like, i'm gonna try it again exactly like, it's you know it's rolling the dice and so but yeah banana punch was a big one for me because the banana og i did a lot of work with full flavor with the hash on that one and that's like with some of the best hash, yeah, it's the pina colada, banana runts kind of terps. And so... West Coast Alchemy do it too? Um, no, but no. he did a lot of I, the... The other stuff, yeah, the other gear. Yeah. I remember some of that. Yeah, like, I think since I got the cut from Full Flavor, the banana OG, um, and he got it from Poofer Fish, I um, would just give it to him just out of respect. Um, but uh, yeah, that one was the Banana Punch 9. I still remember this day, like what table it was, what room it was, like where it was on the table, but... Number nine stood out like day like thirty something. I was like, that's the one. It had this crazy swollen calyx look. I mean, the terps were like banana, you know, banana OG, but with this like sweet, like tropical, like added note to it. That was really, really nice. How did it wash? Those are the original. Amazing, best. Yeah. amazing. Uh, I think it did a little better than banana OG because banana OG for some reason the the seventy micron. Um, always messed up like the 70 through 120. So I would always want to do a 90 through 120 um, just to clean it up. But the banana punch did really well. I mean, we uh, uh, won, I think it's second place in Spanibus with uh, Cuban. Um, And so that one throws down. And then obviously we made the banana punch uh, fem line off that Fino. And again, just spit out a bunch of different um, hash monsters. You What's know? your goat? What is your goat hash washer for the Heady Boys listening? I mean, it's always changing, but you know, Amarello right is amazing. Yeah, I know that's um, up there for sure. Bucket, um, but this Gassy Taffy line, um, but all just, you know, just, we just did a bunch of- got, Is um, it washable? It's washing gas. Oh, five to 6%, you know, like stable. What's the turp? Um, so, I mean, it depends on the, the female, female but- sure. It's a lot of on the gassy side. Okay. Um, the, the sour taffy is probably my favorite, which is the sour Sam times gassy taffy. And the sour Sam is just a kombucha cut, which is sour D times purple punch, but it's heavy, heavy, heavy on the, the diesel. Um, but yeah, the, the hash numbers from the gassy taffy line are really nice. I mean, gassy taffy from Gorilla Key and West Coast has been some of the best like rosin I smoked in the last three to four years. It's just gas on gas what's the what's the most underrated pheno you've seen someone pop from your year that like just didn't get out there enough that no one really heard about um that's tough to say there's some cool um dosi punch phenos that i saw back in the day that i haven't really seen ted had one right I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. actually I got the dosi dough from Ted okay, of Alien Labs. Um, 
I would have to think about that one. That's tough, I've seen, right? I've that's seen so much, like, like every Emerald Cup and, you know, even Spanibus last year was amazing. Just people throwing, you know, samples at us, um, especially, you know, in the hash forms. I mean, going back to you. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll be there for sure. Um, uh, we'll be, uh, having splitting the booth with THCs again. Um, the homies, homies over there, but, um, yeah, Spanibus was amazing last year. It was, it was cool. Cause, uh, never been to out of the country and then just going there you know um i had so many people just like they're like wait you guys made mimosa and I'm, we're like yeah and they're i mean that happened so many times you guys are ghosts nobody knows what you two look like really like it's so uh, i think this po- is my first podcast by the way yeah that's what i thought i never heard yep. you on anything before so yep. i was like oh, let's see if i get my let me see if i get michael out yep. like yeah yep. so yeah that's can't exactly. say no to you jimmy <laughs> back to back last guest first podcast too excited yeah we're getting some killers out today fantastic oh man so like obviously a big uh subject for you must be just like you and biologists have got to watch this weird evolution of the sea market over the past like six or so years because it was like and i feel like you guys caught the tail end of like this is like a certain era you know what i oh, mean yeah. and then everything changed once legalization started hitting harder and harder uh, and more people were able to, you know, make seeds at home and, you know, print out a label and throw it, uh, throw them in a little manila envelope. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, wh- right when we started, there wasn't a lot of smaller seed banks. It was kind of just the uh, giants, you know, the DNA and big dogs, big dogs, you know, that been around for a while. Um, so when we got out, or, you know, it was, you know, we reached out to, you know, archive DNA and all these people that we were breeding with their genetics. And we just wanted approval just so we can get the respect from them. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, soon after, probably a couple years after, yeah. Um, people started just, yeah, breeding like crazy pollen, pollen chucking, which, Hey, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of people don't have a goal when they breed and that's something, but all just always kind of like, um, told me is like, Hey, like before we do anything, like I want to have a, a goal of like why we're breeding and what we're trying to achieve. And he got a lot of that kind of, um, knowledge and, um, uh, inspiration from me and Gene. Um, cause him and me and Gene were really close. He would, you know, always kind of pick his brain. Free bird selection. Shout yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so it was cool, you know, that we had that base where a lot of these other people, I think, are just like, oh, let's just breed these two things together and hope for the best. And they don't really have, you know, um, a direction. And so, yeah, nowadays it's crazy, but, you know, it's it's fine because um, I think people kind of wean themselves out when they, you know, drop stuff that isn't um, that isn't good or it's unstable or they just don't um, they don't they don't like do the whole perfect storm where they test it, they have some pictures of it, and um, they just kind of release it as soon as they have it um, with some fancy packaging and whatnot. So um, yeah, it's, I mean, more power to them, you know, and uh, it just gives more people to, you know, find new selections because it's always a gamble. It's kind of only takes one seed to find that RS11 or that, you know, most of V6, like it only takes one. So um, yeah, I always tell people like, pop seeds, you know, it's not gonna, especially if you have a grow, it's like dedicate a small area, even if it's 10 seeds every round, it only takes one. So. 
Uh, it's been, you know, fascinating for me just watching, like, the genetic scene explode and, like, obviously to tra like, transition from that period I talked about to now, you know, you do find some people, like, doing some crazy stuff in their houses, but, you know, uh, it's like the testing phase, right? So now you guys are in this situation where I think after you had your, you know, your monster successes uh, that have permeated to this day, of course, uh, did you feel like you were holding yourself after the mimosa and stuff started blowing up? Did you ever feel like you were like holding yourself to a higher level once you started getting into testers? Like, man, is this good enough to like add to our stable because we've done this? You know what I mean? Uh, totally. I mean, the pressure was on um, just because we had that first, you know, release that was really good. Um, but I, every time that we made something, Obviously, we would test it, and so... Um, that in itself isn't even a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't do it. And so we, you know, we would wait a long time because it's not like we had these huge grows or, you know, all these people that would be willing to test. So sometimes it took longer than we wanted to to actually get the test results back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, every line I've been really excited about. We've, you know, held back on some strains, whether it's intersex traits or... Like, for example, the Purple Punch 2.0, um, which is the Purple Punch F2 times uh, the clone only, um, which it's like an inbred line or a lot of people like have different views on what it is because um, just because it's selfing it's, itself. But um, that one threw out a lot of... <laughs> you shouldn't use like the magic silver spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that one threw out a lot of uh, seeds that wouldn't, get past the um, the first set of leaves and it was just kind of mutated growth. Um, so we had a lot of complaints and had to, you know, um, you know, give people replacements and everything. And we ended up just pulling that one off, even though there was, I know Drew from Green Dog had a really cool cut of that one, but um, I'm glad we did because Purple Punch kind of was getting phased out. So the 2.0, like even though it was different it that's the peril right it does something does so good you have to move on yeah like, no it, like the rock it's like the comet burnt yeah, out look right? at gorilla glue and all those ones like yeah you, there was a hot moment of it but then it's just over flooded ice cream cake all that kind of stuff um but you know that's why you know well, you got to have one right yeah, how many yeah. seed banks never even get one of those yeah. you know <laughs> and that's why we like you know did the mimosa fem line and stuff you know we worked off of it um and it was, you know, adding that citrus to all these other, you know, strains that we crossed it to. But yeah, there's always, you know, always chasing, you know, what's going to be new. And I've, as a grower and, you know, a breeder, it's like, you got to predict the future because it takes so long to get something to market. And so it's like, you can work on something, but if you're, if you're working with something that's trending, like it by six to 12 months, it might be gone and then people don't want it. And then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So you always have to predict kind of what's going to stay, you know, relevant and what's going to be relevant, you know, in the future. What do you, all right, so here we go. What do you think is going to fall off the fastest? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, the whole like candy gas and runs and gelato, like those ones are staying around. I didn't, I didn't know if those were going to stick as much as, as, as hard as they did, but they did. Um, but I think those are going to fall off fairly soon just because of the, the, um, 
the flood of it um, and I see gas coming back. Yeah, I think fuel-free dessert weed is tricky. I think yeah. the combo pack, like those like those crazy gelatos that have a gassy nose too, like those are probably fine. Yeah, but that sugar, like the, the all sugar nose, but not like, but it's, and there's a, like a sugar light nose, you know yeah. what I mean? There's not real pure, exactly. like, like fruit, like there's like a fruit concentrate sugar nose, which is totally different animal. But there's this like sugar light nose. It's I like how like you say light. Those, yeah. Those that's just gonna like, just not, you know, there's only so much room for it, you know? Yeah, no, I've been uh, smelling a lot, doing some market research and just smelling all these Mylar bags and everything. And yeah, there's, it's all kind of the same realm of Terps. And um, some are really nice, but some, like you said, it's like, it's like just light, you know, it's not there. It's like half there. And, um, and so is it crazy to you that like, you know, I was talking with uh, Vicky from the Emerald Cup before we chatted with you, you know, they, they do the categories now by color codes and all that. And it's like all, you know, you look at that table, most of the jars are those blue dessert terps. Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, you know, the people like, ugh, you know? Well, I think the issue too with people starting to pheno hunt so much nowadays, just to be different, um, people get stuck in the process of pheno hunting and they spend all this time and they're so invested in this pheno hunt, they feel the need to select something, even if something's not there. And then you end up with these phenos that are like seven out of 10, you know, kind of phenos, and they're not that good, but they put it out because they're like, well, I this spent I 500 bucks on these seeds and I spent, you know, eight months trying to select this or whatever. I, I This is my pheno. And it's like, does it even like compare to the parents, you know, like, cause that's my whole thing when I pheno hunt. If, if it doesn't compare to the parents, I don't want it. Like, why am I going to water it down, you know? But there's also, like, new or weird ones like the Starburst OG, pre-98 and Fire OG making Starburst OG. Like, that's totally different. And Wash is crazy. You know, washes, you know, Fire. not some of the best hash I've Fire. smoked many, many times from all these different people. Kalia, uh, 710. Yeah. Like, everyone just, knocks, everyone just knocks it out the park. Yeah, it's so good. Every single time. <laughs> I've, I've washed with multiple people, and every single time it just – it's the most amazing. And that was before rosin. I don't think I personally have made Starburst OG rosin, but I had some of the craziest buckets of just like these like pucks of like grease, you know, from all these hash artists. And, uh, but yeah, that strain's amazing. But yeah, so I mean, I always, like I said, when I pheno hunt, if it doesn't compare to the parents, it, that's like my first like red flag, you know? And then I'm like, all right, next, you know? And over the years I've gotten just, tighter and tighter with that selection because I'm so tired of just, like I said, those phenos that are just mediocre, you know, and there's so much good out there. It's like, you can't put more just mids out, you know, like yeah. and mids meaning pheno selection, yeah, not yeah. like not bad, fire like, itself. It's just yeah. they never had a chance to be fired exactly. because it's a crappy plant picked in the first place. 100%. Oh, so, and that's, tragic. I think half the issue right now with mids it's not even how it's grown it's you know just and then people keep that midzy pheno they find a midzy male yeah boom yeah we got another seed company yep. i love it well i, I mean i see a lot of skittles right now that's like you know skittles crosses skittles are really hard to breed with first oh, off yeah like super hard i've yet to find anything from our line that you know i've bl been blown away i've seen other people find selections but my myself i haven't but um yeah it's a hard one yeah um, like, I, besides like tony field and like brandon and those guys, like those separate teams yeah. and all that. Like, you don't see a lot of people like do well with like their Z breeding. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Archive, archive, <laughs> archive has done yeah. a really good job. But outside of Mendocino, like, yeah. like it, it falls off fast. Yeah, no, totally. And um, but yeah, like right now, I see, especially in the extraction world, just a lot of Z crosses, and they'll have very little Z in it. And I'm just like, you know, it's it's a bad representation of the name because it's got Z in it, and you can't even. 
you know, identify it in the, you know, terps. What is that white whale terpene for you right now that you're like chasing through selections? Um, I've been saying it for years. Um, there was this, this pheno or, you know, um, strain going around Sacramento in like 2010 or 11, um, called Grimdog. And it was a, um, Appalachia times, uh, Trezdog. It's oh, from, uh, man, JJ NYC shout outs. So it was, and basically I believe that's like a green crack, uh, yeah, I'm not, I would have to look it up. But anyways, when it came about, it was like green crack OG. It was like green ca crack gas. It was some of the best stuff. And um, so I've been kind of searching for that in seed form. Um, and there's a couple, I think Colt Classics, um, he still had some in his uh, vault. But um, I, I was kind of bugging him about it. Like, hey, if you don't give it to me, just pop it. I want to see what comes of it because that grim dog to this day is just like something I wish I could refine. Then there also was this Cinderella 99. Yeah, um, Cindy was fire. It was like this baby puke, like candy. And uh, when I say baby the puke. The first hash rosin I smoked, like at the dispensary, was Cinderella 99. Really? Yeah. It wow. Was fire. It fire. So this cut that was floating around sack from these growers, they would take it to Harborside. And when they were doing the Quanacan uh, machine, it would test at like 13%. So they couldn't sell it because Harborside's like, no way we're gonna buy this for your high dollar. We'll buy your OG for, you know, top dollar for this. No, we'll give you, you know, their low bomb. So they ended up that set of growers never gave it out and they ended up just tossing it. And, you know, to this day, I haven't found um, that specific pheno of Cinderella. I mean, I don't even know okay, anyone. Okay, when you talk about, when you talk about like test results and stuff yeah. like that, do you think like <clears throat> part of it's a little skewed because people, there's only so much room in hundred percent. So if you get like the fullest expression of the plant, there's only some like that uninverted and like, you know, then there's going to be less THC because all the other stuff's coming out too, as opposed to like these people just chasing this like highest THC number possible. And yeah. do you, uh, does that ever frustrate you as someone trying to like look for exotic flavors? Mm -hmm. when the, Cause if that exotic flavor tests under 20%, it's no good to you. A like, million percent. I, I hate testing with a passion um, because of that. Um, I think a lot of things like heavy metals and Pesticides, yeah, one thing, but yeah. when we get into like well, other totally. Yeah, I yeah. mean, one hundred percent. Yeah, THC or potency testing, I think, is the biggest joke because you know I've been smoking heavily for you know ten plus years, and I don't have an issue, you know, getting high. That's not my problem, but my problem is finding the right terps that work well with my you know body and everything like that. Because I can smoke something that's like really really high THC. And, you know, I'll get high, but the, the synergy is not there. When I smoke something like Starburst OG or something that I really am drawn to, I get that, like, creative, you know, euphoric high, which is different. And so, and I don't know if people don't realize that and they just look at numbers when they go in these dispensaries. But, yeah, it's, it's an issue. And I'm, I hope, you know, with uh, more people talking about it, um, we can, you know, uh, teach the customers that it's not all about that. Um, some of the best strains test really, really low. Um, and yeah, I mean, with the whole, uh, it's just most tragic on the retail side too, just as like me as a person who loves fire and like, then, oh, it's just like something I was, so I was trying to buy something. 
that was 22% from uh, a really kill a killer a killer yeah. and the, the purchaser that I work with at the at the club was just like I don't know it's only 22% and yeah, he's just like that. that is so insane to me that yeah. is the brutality well I know growers that won't put out something that if it's under 30% and I'm just like that's that's terrible because that's like leaving less room for terpenes. And then part of it is also like the distros that won't take the thing that's less than uh, that's less than thirty yeah. percent. So no, it's like it's, it's a con- it's like a compounding factor for sure. It's it's terrible, and um, I don't know if we can get out of it because it's kind of like stuck in the the scene. Um, even when consumers go in, they just they want the highest testing, even though. They don't really do that with alcohol, you know, but for some reason, cannabis, they're trying to get the bang for the buck or um, trying to get as high as they can. So, um, yeah, that's that's the downfall of the <laughs> the industry is that THC. And it's not even the industry, it's just the consumers, you know. But uh, hopefully, you know, doing podcasts like this, people listen and they uh, can kind of educate themselves. What were some of the exciting things you saw uh, last fall from your pheno hunts? Did you test any? Did you do any hunts outside? Yeah, we did all the gassy taffy stuff. Okay. So um, the f- the Amarello times gassy taffy was insane, uh, insane hash numbers, and then you know just ranging from fruity to gas. I mean, just different ratios of the fruit to what gas. Year did, what year did the Amarello come out? Like twenty, um, nineteen. 1920 yeah probably 19 i'm that, terrible with dates no it's but, all good i felt like that was like the biggest one since mimosa like yep. when it dropped yep. for sure yeah the banana punch i was really that excited was yeah. you I know, know to reverse that banana one fire for sure. yeah so we released or reverse that one yeah i hit it to the straight lemonade which by the way straight lemonade you know shout out straight organics that straight lemonade does not wash like i remember west coast alchemy is like dude i won't touch that with a 10-foot stick like I guess even BHO, it's kind of like not that forgiving. It's got a really greasy, uh, soft resin. Um, so I'm assuming the trichomes just kind of burst when they're touched. Um, so the fact that we pulled Amarello from that and there's multiple phenos that do wash, it's kind of, it's awesome. But it's obviously selectively, you know, breeding where the banana punch trichomes kind of got, you know, bred into the cross and you know we got the chirps from the straight lemonade and got the the big old heads from the banana punch definitely one of the more lemony washers i've seen like it's like usually that type of lemon flavor you see in like bho yeah it doesn't wash that lemon i think yeah. it's just because of the lemonine it's like it's a solvent itself you know so it's something to do probably with you know like i said those those heads bursting in the wash but boom a winner was found. Yeah, it was definitely one of my favorite flavors from you guys in, in a bit. I uh, remember I saw it for the first time, and it's just that, like, uh, that zip it had. Yep. And then I, I saw Vince somewhere sometime, one time. He had some jars of it that just looked insane. Totally. Um, we're, think, about, we're reversing it right now, too. We just did a line. Unfortunately, it I didn't. I think your pops and him are uh, – yeah, I think your pops came out to my party last year. He had some. Yep. Like, it was all, yeah, you got, it was – Yeah, it's nice, and it's cool because now – that one is just pushed around the scene. Like I see so many people, so many hash makers uh, putting out Amarillo um, hash. And um, cause we did a release, uh, clone release. Um, and I think it was, we released the 11 and um, that one's, they're all pretty similar. Um, but uh, so people have that cut and there's a couple other people that have the cut that 
Um, we rock, but yeah, there's like four or five, if not more people just rocking the Amarillo, whether it's their selection or um, something that we put out. Um, and every time I see it, I'm just like, I'm really happy with just the end result because as you said, it's very in your face lemon. What are the main pheno hunts you're going to be focusing on this summer? So I just popped a bunch of seeds of Amarillo times a bunch of stuff. We're still testing the gassy taffy line. There's going to be like a volume one, volume two. Um, and then we're actually doing another Amarillo reversal, but um, different females. And then uh, we've got some other like that. We have a sour taffy that's really nice. We have this um, Gary Gary Payton times kombucha that's amazing. We also have a cereal milk times modified grapes that's really cool. So we're kind of finding right now, we did a lot of funeral hunting recently, and so we're doing our second selection. And then from there, we're just gonna line up the year with just different um, lines from those selections. Um, but leaning towards, you know, obviously more in the gas um, rather than the fruit, just because we did a lot of those, you know, uh, fruity kind of stuff with the Amarillo. And um, so we're kind of gonna lean to the gas for a little bit and see kind of where it where it leads us and um, yeah, I have, I have some really, really cool selections that we're going to be working with that I think are going to be really impressive um, with the offspring. How, uh, how much did like the, your geography situation over the last few years like impact symbiotic or was it kind of just went along on the tracks either way? Yeah, I went on the tracks. I mean, um, I was, I was pretty busy doing some other things, um, but you know, symbiotics, as I said, never been a full-time thing. But starting this year, I'm going to be, be that's what I was getting to. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm going to be really focusing on. Um, so it's going to be interesting, interesting to see, you know, what we can do with with that kind of um, time, you know, of me being able to kind of do whatever I need to do to make stuff happen, being able to do stuff like this podcast, kind of get our name out there. I've been doing a lot of tours and networking because we're doing um, a lot of stuff with Calia. So we recently met Obviously with Package Flower. Let's talk yep. about that a little bit. Yep. What was it like developing that product? Like it to was go really from a seed company to a package flower company is a big jump. Only yeah. seen like seed, only seen like seed junkie do it. You know, yeah, not no, many people have, you know, it's hard. I mean, the rec market is, is tough. Um, so we're just kind of curating a menu, you know, uh, big ups to Green Dog for kind of uh, working with us. We're throwing in Finos and we're kind of just pushing it through and seeing um, seeing how it smokes because that's one thing uh, that we. When did you officially launch the flower line? Uh, was it? It was either late last year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, super recent. We've only done one drop, so it's you know it's it's still active. So, but um, like I said, we're curating a menu and um, you know working with uh, Green Dog. It's he's got the uh, one of the best palettes and just the pickiest smoker um and it's nice being able to work with him and just you know throw him stuff and he's like hey it's good just not smoking not translating you know and that's just how strains are you know the back in the day it didn't matter you know if it looked good and smelled good it was fine but you know as time you know went on more boxes had to be checked exactly and so if it doesn't translate you know if it doesn't smell as good as it tastes it's it's just not worth it, you know, especially in this, there's so much competition out there and there's a lot of strains that, you know, a lot of those like gelatos and stuff like that, they translate really well. And I think that's the main reason they're kind of sticking around is just the translation. A lot of the fruit ones don't. 
You know, what was the strain that broke you and biologist's heart the most? Just like you thought this, this is going to be good. This is, we're going to find one. It's going to be something. Nine out, uh, almost all of them. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's nowadays it's really hard. I mean, Drew goes through, you know, the same thing where it's like, it can be so good, but if it just not translate, you know, I don't think it's worth it, you know, with, I'd rather, you know, just not release something if it's not, you know, 100% smoking. How much bigger, how much bigger are the hunts you guys are doing now compared to like eight or nine years ago? Always small. I mean, in-house we've always done small, um, but, you know, we're working with partners like Ember Valley just did like a thousand, you know, seed phenol hunt with a what? bunch of our gear. A lot of kombucha crosses, a lot of modified grapes cr uh, crosses. Um, and we got some other ones I can't talk about yet that will come to fruit um, that are really cool, like just partner phenol hunts. That way, you know, it's just, you know, going back to the whole Prop 215 collaboration kind of um, thing rather than stay in our lane, like let's let's collaborate and, you know, um, two brands come together, you know. You know, how much easier was it to be symbiotic genetics in 2017 than it was in 2018? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot, lot uh, it was a lot easier, you know, and less demand. Um, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm happy everything's worked out and, you know, I'm doing it for a living is a dream come true. And, you know, I keep, you know, I would just want to keep pushing and see how far we can yeah, get it. So now, you know, now you get the flower. Now you get into like licensing deals and stuff like that. You're looking at other yep. states. What's oh, yeah. up? Oh, yeah. What's up? Give us a scoop, man. No, I mean, we've we've got a lot of things in motion. Nothing's like set in stone yet. But, um, yeah, we're trying to expand as much as we can. Um, you know, the whole genetic thing goes far. You know, it's worldwide. Um, so we're kind of more or less kind of putting our feelers out just because it's still fresh. And we don't want to get into any deals that we don't want. And, yeah, yeah, it's uh, tough to find a it's I mean, tough to find a distro overseas for sure. Yeah, well, we've, who who have you worked with for seeds over the years? Uh, like for in Europe, who's your Euro distro? Um, no one. You just go over there. And say, hey, we're here. No, not <laughs> quite. I mean, we just kind of like it's they kind of you know they get out their, there. They find their way there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the thing with just these deals, uh, you know, we've turned down a lot just because we're just scared. You know, me and Vince hold. You know, we have. It's all you. You guys hold everything. You got it's. Yeah. You, know, you haven't split it up in anything. It just keeps growing and growing. Yep. And, and it's yours. Yep. Yep. It's our little baby that you know we started, and you know it's just we want to make sure it does it right. We'd rather lose money um, to hold integrity of the brand than just to make a quick buck. So, so a lot, you know, you were raised in this. Apart from you know symbiotic and the village, you were raised in this game. A lot of uh, the people you saw on the way up just aren't here anymore you know what i'm saying what totally. is it like to like step over the bodies and like still be like in it you know like straight like family traditions stuff yeah i mean uh i'm i'm super humble so like i still like i have people tell me all the time you know because i'm like oh you know like things haven't been the way i wanted you know stuff like that and they're like you know telling me hey like you're still recognized you're still there and then being in Spain last year was a wake-up call of how well we're still, you know, recognized. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's a blessing because this industry is so cutthroat, especially nowadays in the rec market. Um, and so, I mean, as I said, you know, I'm just just here and just going to keep pushing as much as I can, keep collecting all these genetics, and that's half the battle with you know breeding is being able to collect what's what's hot, but also being able to, you know pick something that's gonna work well with what, you know, you're breeding it to, cause we're learning, you know, some things just don't work, you know, like I've tried to breed 
a lot of OGs and stuff and OG does not breed well, you know, like it's, it's one of those ones where you have to probably pop a thousand seeds to find a couple, um, where other stuff, you know, you can throw out, you know, five or six keepers in a 10 pack of, you know, fems. So it's, uh, we're learning as, you know, time goes on of how we're going to, um, push the company and what, you know, what are the avenues, you know, whether it's, you know, do we do clone deals? Do we do, you know, this flower line and rosin line? And we're just trying to diversify and get. How, so now you're at this point where you have to you like, you keep certain cuts for breeding, you're keeping certain cuts for production. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're not going to breed with it. Just like, it's just yield, whatever, whatever reason. How many like things do you have in like that, like that proven thoroughbred, fuck, uh, excuse me, that proven thoroughbred warehouse that you can like pop into a hundred lights and know you're good and how many things you just keep because this is something unique about them you want to see if you can try and pull something out you know what I mean? oh i mean i have you know a lot of stuff that i keep just for breeding that i'm yeah. not going to flower ever yeah. you know but i not keep... to mention your personal plant collection just like yeah. not even weed oh, like yeah. you're you're like when i went to visit you in sack that time i was like walking into jumanji like you're <laughs> it's it's crazier now it's crazier now i've i've downsized but my love for plants is insane i mean yeah i've I'm a big, uh, big fan of like philodendrons and, you know, monsteras and all that exotic house plants, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's you what you call it for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> but, but also I converted my whole front yard into an edible food forest. And I have a lot of, you know, these subtropical fruit trees that people have never heard of, like Inga Larina, which is a white ice cream bean shout out to Foxotron, which, um, you guys should check out on IGs, this guy out of Texas that grows the most amazing exotic fruit out of his greenhouse. And me and Vince kind of, we both are in love with um, permaculture and like yeah, growing, you know, our own food. And my whole approach is I want to grow fruit that you can't buy at the store. Um, and I also want to grow fruit to peak ripeness. Um, I grew a lot of dragon fruit lately and dragon fruit's got a bad rep. And because they pick it early because of shipping reasons, they don't want it to bruise. And it tastes like cardboard, literally tastes no flavor, nothing. Everyone's like, oh, it tastes like dirt. And I'm like, yeah, like when you pick it early. And so I grew some um, last two years and I gave it to multiple people and they just were blown away of how much better they taste if you actually grow it to its peak maturity. And so um, in Sacramento, I had bananas, fruit, um, and you know, successfully fruit. And I had so many people telling me, oh, it's not going to work all this and prove them wrong, you know? And, uh, so yeah, that plants in general are kind of, yeah, my this life. Is, so this is a point of perspective for people. If you had to guesstimate and feel free, just the number you can start. I don't feel like these are being held to this. This isn't, a gun your, this isn't a gun to your head number or anything like that. But if you had to guesstimate how many different species of plants you have at home, what number, what would the number you just throw oh, out off the man. gut? I mean, just in my front yard alone, I have. I think over 20 fruit trees and okay. this is a small yard and then all the top types of other stuff. And then in my house, I have probably over just not different species, but probably like 40 to 40 to 50 plants in a small and house. Some of them are big. Like, and when, not, I think when you came, I was up to 70 at that point because was I was, crazy, I was dog. obsessed. We were sitting there smoking grease bucket. Yeah. And I'm like, look at the plants one yeah, by I one. Had, like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I was obsessed. That was like the start of it. And I was like, just propagating and just putting everything. I was just trying a bunch of things, but I've downsized and kind of figured out what grows best. Cause obviously in a house, like the lighting's not amazing, especially depending on the house. And so I've 
you know, leaned into stuff that grows better. Cause I'm not going to like keep growing something if it just keeps struggling or, you know, just dropping leaves or whatever. So my main ones are philodendrons. Like I love the Florida beauty, Florida ghosts. Um, I have a couple, uh, Monstera, Monstera abos that are like six foot tall, really, really nice on moss pools. Um, and that's my whole goal with like these plants is like how big of a specimen I can get them because it's easy having a plant that's like two to three leaves. But can you have a plant that's like five foot tall and every single leaf is like pristine? It's hard, you know, just like cannabis, like you mess up one or two waterings or they dry down too much. They're going to drop its leaves or they're going to turn yellow. And same with all these weird house plants, like they're weird, you know, and you got to like kind of figure out how they grow, what light they like. Like the one that I hate but love is the philodendron pink princess. It's like the most like frat not even fragile just like it's just annoying plant and so i've kind of given up but right now i have a really nice plant of it so i'm like kind of in love with it again but yeah it's it's a weird one um but yeah do you ever get mad at the weed takes you away from your other plants <laughs> oh yeah and then the other other plants i don't really care about because it is what it is but um it's more or less just like that second kind of hobby you know like that i do um but it's like walking into a room or like my when you know the lights hitting them it's it's nice to have that kind of that vibe in the house uh, the smell and everything like that and um yeah it's just something i i love you know and it's it happened at the village basically when i was growing started loving plants and then i started just growing other plants um and just started collecting and then met a couple people that introduced me to all these other plants that are kind of more on the rare side because i've paid $500 for a four inch cutting of a red Anderson philodendron, you know, like the money's there, you know, there's some cuts that were going for like 2000, these philodendrons, you know, so it's funny how he's out weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's, it's insane. It's, it's insane. Um, and, uh, but yeah, same with the fruit world. There's, I mean, I remember going to this guy's house in San Diego and he was selling a sapodilla tree, which is like the fruit kind of tastes like brown sugar. And, uh, it was, I think, um, it's an old plant. I think it was like 60 years old, big, probably 20 foot tree, but in a pot, you know, selling it for $20,000. Amen. And I'm just like, wow. All right. Let's end on some weed stuff. Uh, what was, what's your favorite recent smoke that you didn't breed? Sure banger 22 Amen. shout out norcal Amen. that's amazing oh, especially man. when grown the right preferred version of yeah, it i haven't had that one. Oh, she, david came here brought us the party back i almost had to sign a new contract over yeah. that thing it was great we went nuts yeah like <laughs> yeah I, I was just talking to dave just talking to dave i want to meet up with him soon but yeah the sure banger 22 uh candy fumes really nice um the D1 from Green Dog. I don't know if you've tried that one. Fire, very sour yep. thing. Very yep. cool. Yep. It's all like, it doesn't have the bag appeal, but when you smoke it, it's like, whoa. He's yeah. all about it. Yeah. Because when they, when they had the the outpost anniversary party, yep. I walked in, Drew was walking in. I was like, I wish I gave you D1. I was like, all right, cool. When yeah. I grabbed a quarter of it, I was like, okay, I got it. I'm, yeah. I'm sold. Yeah, D1. Um, what I've been liking on the rosin side of things uh, was is the Moroccan peaches. Yes! Oh my God! Yeah. Psycho. Yeah. Uh, tra the trap loves it. I uh, thought it was a papaya cross for the longest time because every time I smell it, I just get that peach rings vibe. Yeah. But obviously, it's not papaya. But that one's a really, really a nice. A bunch one. of killers up north grew it. So yeah. It like no, I've seen it like kilos of rosin. Yeah. Three or like four like different versions. Kilos of, of uh, <laughs> Moroccan peaches yeah. rosin flying around yes, everywhere, yes. and it's pretty bomb. No, yeah. I, I haven't I can't seen any. Rockin' peaches that was worse than like a B plus. Yeah, like, I agree. For sure, I agree. It's banger. 
Any uh, any shout outs you want to get out there to the gang? You know, you got to you got to. Well, crib. shout out to Budologist. You know, um, sad he couldn't make it. Um, shout out to my pops. Um, shout out to um, you know Green Dog. Shout out to Kalia. Shout out to TH Seeds. Shout out to Jungle Boys. Matt Rice, Full Flavor. I mean, I can go on forever. Yeah, you got big um, list for sure. So if anyone I miss, I'm sorry, but. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I can thank anyone that's kind of worked with me. I, I want to say thanks. You know, you guys have helped me get to where I'm at now. Well, we appreciate and thanks to you. Yo, stop it! You're a killer. I'm just glad I got to put a window on it for people. Hell yeah. Uh, well, you guys appreciate you for uh, checking out Green State's chat with Michael from Symbiotic Genetics here on Smoking Bridges with me, Jimmy Devine. We're having a blast. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors. And be sure to follow us. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and you can check it out on greenstate.com too. But uh, yeah, follow us, like us, all that. Uh, we love you. Appreciate you. Catch you at the next one. Thanks, Jimmy. Hell yeah. <laughs>